Hi, I'm Jo, MD of Let's Talk Talent, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Talent podcast, the show in which our team, partners, and clients bring to life some of the pertinent issues from the world of HR by sharing their stories of working life today. Each month, we'll tackle an issue that's come up in conversations in our network. We'll share our insights and our stories. Let's jump straight in and help create simply irresistible organisations. So hi everybody, I'm Jo, MD of Let's Talk Talent and welcome to episode nine. I can't believe it's episode nine of the Let's Talk Talent podcast. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome my friend as well as working buddy, Lorraine Kelly. Now she's not from ITV, so don't get all excited, but it is the brilliant Lorraine Kelly who is Director of Organisational Development at King's College London. How are you, Lorraine? I'm really well, Joe. Thank you so much. Lovely to be with you this afternoon. And we're going to talk about, for the next sort of 20, 25 minutes, the role that leaders play in team development, because it's a real passion of both of ours. We've both been leaders in organisations. And with everything that's been going on, it feels a really important juncture to stop and take stock of what the leadership and team development space looks like. So what I wanted to do was start off with a big question, which is, why do you think team development is important at this time? You hit the nail on the head there, Joe, about, you know, the passion around team development and actually individual development, having a real opportunity to consider the strengths that we bring to our role and to our organisation. I think for team development from an individual space, Um, It's about being able to really identify what we're good at, what's important to us. And this changes and adapts all of the time. You know, this is moving and growing all of the time as we are. And then when we think about that from a team development perspective, you know, there's there's a real need there around connection, connection and relationships that we have with each other and how key that is to supporting us in our role, how we feel about our strengths, indeed how we feel about our purpose in the team. So those things for me go really hand in hand. And I think one of the other really important factors is the confidence element that that brings to us, again, from an individual perspective, from the perspective of our role, on how we see ourselves in our organisation, how we can then connect with that wider organisation and where we see ourselves. So for me, it's really about strengths, connections and confidence. Do you think that's changed? I was having an interesting conversation with some of the associates today about kind of leadership development. Do you think that's always been true? Or this is like a perfect storm where it's suddenly the leadership role become even more important because people are looking for that purpose. They're looking for that guidance. I think it's always been there to a certain extent, but I think you're absolutely right. We've identified just how important it is now. I think what we've learned over the last 18 months is just how key those connections are. Many of us work in areas where creating relationships is really key to our success. You know, whether that be um, our team goals or our organisational goals, often it's about those kind of relationships. I think being kept separate from from each other and having, you know, a large majority of, of colleagues having to work from home has really identified this as just how important it is. Tell me a little bit and tell our listeners a little bit about your role, you know, your approach and your philosophy, because you've been doing some really amazing work in this space in supporting teams at King's College during the pandemic. But now you're kind of pivoting that effort 
as people return to campus. Be really lovely to share what you're doing. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so, no, I really genuinely feel like it's a privilege to, to have this role. I think when you work in organisational development, you have, as I say, the privilege of, of working um, not only in your own team, but across the whole organisation, really having a connection um, with many different teams, with different roles, with the whole community. And this time uh, over the last 18 months has, has really taught us just the value of that. I think for our philosophy, it really has been very much about supporting each other, about connecting each other, about thinking about the different ways of working, actually, and what we need to do to be able to support this effectively. And we had a large workforce that were, you know, like many people catapulted into working from home very quickly overnight. You know, we didn't always have the infrastructure in place to support that. And actually, we had to be really quick in adapting the support that we needed. So, you know, new ways of working has been a, a huge part of the, of the role over the last um, 18 months. And actually, even before that, but really thinking about how, again, we, we develop the needs that we have, the confidence that we need to build in our role. But also, how do we do things really effectively? I think it's no surprise that, you know, we found that the, the back-to-back meetings were a challenge. You know, we, we jumped onto to that on-screen interaction, which was really important to the work that we do. But actually, it became a challenge. It was quite difficult to get those boundaries to really be able to think about that well-being element of taking breaks, of actually coming off screen, of having some downtime. You know, it's all about the energy, isn't it? And where you're spending that sometimes but also being able to connect with a a larger number of people. And actually, we saw that in a really helpful way. Being able to be online meant that we could have bigger team meetings to some extent and share information and connect in a slightly different way, which, again, was helpful. I think for us, we've had a big focus. Our our formal programmes were on pause when the first pandemic hit so you know it was really tricky to try and fill the gap and the need of of what we needed to provide for the community Um, and it was great to be able to work with shorter sharper webinars that really focused in on what leaders and managers needed to do how to have courageous conversations how to support our teams differently how to support and navigate uncertainty as well, because for so many of us, that was what we were pivoted into. And how do we bring our strengths into that space? We've created um, a new open curriculum. So we're really excited. This is something that's a self-serve that um, all staff can access. And again, we've got some really key themes focusing on well-being, focusing on productivity and resilience and all of those things that are really important now. And then we've got our manager's essentials as well. Um, And again, this is a slightly new look. We've broadened out some of our webinars that are linked here. We're focusing on inclusivity and belonging and senses of being able to network, but also the importance of setting goals, being really clear on what our expectations are at work and how we can contribute to that and the support that we need to develop and keep on track. That makes a lot of sense and lots of. Um, activity but with that kind of golden thread of giving people purpose you know why are you working for the organization how are you empowering your managers to make that connection by being empathetic having the courage by really driving that energy but also getting to the heart of the individual taking it from an individual and then a macro level up to the organization so presumably you're wanting you're going to measure 
both the individual impact, but also hopefully over time, the organisational impact. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. You know, the impact side of this is, is absolutely key. What looks different? How do we feel different? What is then our contribution to ourselves, to our teams and to our wider organisation? Um, and we really do want to be able to measure this. It's, it's, sometimes it's quite tricky, actually, to measure development. And I think when we're in this role, that's one of our, our, our hardest things to do, actually, because true development does take time. And it, you know, it sounds a bit, a bit hard to kind of quantify because you have to try it out. I'm a true believer that actually most of our learning is on the job training. We can come to these webinars and we can come to these formal learning processes, but actually it's taking it back into the workspace. It's taking it back into the team. It's trying it. It's recognizing when we're doing things differently, having some more reflection time as well. How did that feel when I did that slightly different? If I've got to have a, a slightly different conversation, you know, how do I feel about that and, and what stage am I in? So this kind of learning does take time, but measuring the impact, absolutely. We work really closely um, with our partners to gain feedback that's just in time, to collate any themes that's coming out of our organisation. Again, so we can make sure that what we're offering is really fit for purpose. Um, that it's actually having it, making a difference, that it's landing well. Uh, we can have some, some easy options around, obviously, numbers and colleagues that are accessing different types of webinars. We see some that are, that are really oversubscribed and some that are not so much. That gives us an option to ask different questions when we need to. I think that makes a lot of sense. I read a really interesting article, Claire, and my team sent it to me. It was by Raconteur that talked about the best businesses that have weathered the you know, changing environment have got put the consumer at the heart and they've used data and feedback to enable themselves to pivot. Yeah. So they gave some you know, amazing examples of uh, a florist business that had thought about Valentine's Day and they um, had asked their consumers whether they bought flowers on Valentine's Day, what flowers they bought, because they only sold red roses. And they realized that it was so cliche, people didn't want to buy red roses, they wanted to get peonies, for example, or something like that. So they pivoted their whole business model. And that's kind of what you're saying in the way that you're putting your open curriculum, the manager's piece and, the, and your programs together, because actually you're listening to your consumer, which is your people. We did an activity recently where we did some persona mapping, which was really exciting. You know, we just paused for a minute and we said, who's in our community? You know, what does that look like? What are the roles that we've got? And what would then be the support that they need? And we're trying some new things. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've also learned over the last 18 months is you have to try new stuff. You know, you have to try something different. So over um, November, we're launching um, a series for new managers. So there'll be three cohorts. You'll do um, one webinar a week over four weeks. And the idea here is it's really about, you know, coming into that practical, how do you do things, really building skills, but most importantly, building that confidence, coming through on a cohort, which is quick which is easy, that provides the networks, that helps you come out of your area and see things slightly differently. And I think that's incredibly valuable as well. We are looking at our data in a different way. We're identifying, again, groups of colleagues that we've got. We're really trying to unpick as well what this word manager means. You know, how many managers do we have? What types of managers do we have? You know, what is the support that they need? And that's really quite exciting because that makes it even easier then for us to be able to fit the support that we're popping in place 
We have an incredible group of colleagues, our heads of department that work on our academic side, that we really want to better support, particularly around some of the internal processes of things like HR and business planning and all of those things that suddenly you're catapulted into delivering. So again, yeah, our offering will look very different over the next year. So this may be a hard question to answer, but what keeps you awake at night in relation to supporting leaders in managing teams? What's the, you know, when you're lying there, what the hell do I do? It's a really tough one, isn't it, actually? And, and, and it has kept me awake at night, I'm not going to lie. Um, I think when you, you know, suddenly see that there are management and capability, whether that's gaps or issues or concerns, you feel very responsible for that, you know, you want, I personally want everybody to have a great experience. And I know that's quite naive, but I really do. I know it makes such a difference, you know, that the experience that you have in your team by your individual manager really makes a difference around the success that you have in that space. I think one of the, the biggest things that keeps me awake is bad behaviour. When you see bad behaviour, poor behaviour. Now, the difficulty with managing that is it often comes from a space of needing support, actually, or feeling really overwhelmed or struggling yourself. And we know that because we've worked in this space for so long. But actually, when it's playing out, it's really difficult if you don't catch that quick. It's really hard if you don't have that tap on the shoulder and have that conversation. You know, really what we need to be saying to each other is, are you okay? Is there anything that you need from me? And I think, you know, that mental health and well-being side is really important. One of the things that we've learned, again, is, you know, the power of vulnerability in our workplace is the power of being able to be honest, but also asking those right questions, you know, having the opportunity to coach each other, to take some reflection time, but also being kind enough to give feedback I think people avoid feedback, you know, often because they, you know, they don't want to be the bad guy or they're worried about how it will land. And actually, I think often the kindest thing you can do if it's done in in the kind way with that intention is to sit somebody down, really ask them what's going on. How can I help you? What do you need? And often just having that moment to pause can create a very different conversation than you expect. I think you're right. I was doing an away day the other day and I was interviewing the leader as the part of it. And I asked him that question, what keeps him awake at night? And he said glibly to me, well, you gave me the question three days ago and I haven't slept um, because I've been really worried about it, (laughs) which made me laugh. But it gave him an opportunity to really think and show that vulnerability. It gave him the safety, that psychological safety that we talk about and that, you know, Project Aristotle did at Google that sort of talks about that psychological safety for his whole team to realise that he was a human. And he was very experienced operations director. They're having they're launching a big product in, you know, six weeks from now. And he wanted to bring them together to galvanise them. And by asking some simple questions, as you've just said, it allows people to be vulnerable. And that humbleness, I think, in some ways gets lost. I don't know if you agree through the screen. Yeah, definitely. And you can have you have a different sort of conversation together face to face, don't you? Yeah. I think, you know, not being able to read body language in the same way on screen as you can when you're face to face, looking at the way that somebody is sitting and moving or looking is really important for these sorts of conversations. And as you say, you know, we've, we've had limited opportunities to do that. Yeah. 
So I want to leave our listeners with some top tips on how they can support their leaders in managing teams. So to put you on the spot, what are your five top tips for any leader listening to this on how they can get the best from their team? Excellent question, Joe. as always. I think the first one is around that purpose and clear expectations. So really having an understanding of your individual contribution. What is my role? How do I contribute? And then having that across the team as, as a shared contribution is really important. And for everybody to see that there is something about kind of sharing tasks and activities and who's working on what, how much is that an individual responsibility? How much is that a shared responsibility? Getting the right balance as well between that ownership and autonomy that you need to have, but also the support. You know, we need to feel supported. It can feel really exciting to have things that you need on yourself. You do need to know that the rest of the team are there to talk you through it and support and often design together. That's the key bit that's really creative. Now, actually having that creative time. Um, I think there's something as well about making sure there's enough stretch in each job. Every single job will have something that we love doing. There'll be certain things that we, we don't love doing so much. But actually, what's the bit that makes us feel a little bit scared, a little bit, you know, not too sure? Because that's the exciting part. That's the part where we're going to learn new skills. We're going to be in new networks. We're going to be delivering different things. And I think, again, if we can make sure that we've incorporated that across for ourselves, firstly, but also for our teams, that means you don't get bored. You know, that means that you've got enough to keep you focused and, and keep you moving. I think there's definitely something about fostering relationships and trust. That's why we work in a team. We work in a team to learn together, to be together. Having that regular time together is really key. Sharing stories as well about our own career journeys, I think, is really important. You know, they're very personal, actually. Career journeys are incredibly personal and often have an awful lot weaved into them, you know, about identity, our background, you know, our lived experience. And actually, I think the more that you can do that across a team, you really start to build trust and you really start to harness those kind of strong relationships. Another really key top tip is just about coaching and developing each other and actually never forgetting that we are constantly developing and growing. So even when we are leading our spaces or managing our spaces, you know, we are learning from those colleagues that we are working with all of the time. They are teaching us new things about ourselves. We are able to also share our experience and to help to develop them, which I think is, um, again, a, a huge privilege, a massive privilege. And I think finally, I think it's about being a human. I really do. I think it's about being honest with ourselves, creating a real sense of belonging um, so that every single part of our team can feel that they are included, valued, important, cared for. And I think more than ever, they have been the really key areas to success over what has been an incredibly tricky time. And I know personally from my side, when I feel all of those things, I perform differently. I perform much better, not only in my work, but also in my, my home life, my home activities. I feel more positive when I'm, I'm in that space. Amazing. Thank you so much. And what's really striking me about this is it sort of falls into sort of three phases for me there's a phase of team development from you know forming storming norming and performing you've got the second part which is actually 
people don't leave organizations they leave bad bosses don't they ultimately yes and that teams are an ecosystem yeah it's not the leader's role to hold everything it's like culture yeah you have the best strategy in the world but the culture can be still toxic and horrible it's the same philosophy that you have in team development so I'm loving what you're doing at King's. I'm really proud that um, we're a partner with you and um, going on that journey. And from us at Let's Talk Talent, thank you, Lorraine. And we wish you well on that journey. And we look forward to inviting you back on another episode to tell us how it's all gone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Joe. this episode of the podcast please subscribe rate and review it on apple podcasts go to letstalktalent.co.uk forward slash podcast for a transcript of this episode along with all the links we've discussed today